Hey, welcome to the Coach Bodo's podcast in the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. You can check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at, at Coach Bono's Show. Check out our Facebook page. You can search for Coach Bono's Show. You can also email us at Coach Bono's Show at gmail.com. This is episode 9.5. Don't worry, you did not miss episode 9.0. Um, Coach Bo here. I've got uh, my lovely uh, co-host this week, Ellen Wingenter's with me. Before we get too deep into this, I do have an apology. There is no episode 9.0. You did not miss anything. Simply Coach Bo was sick. I was in Chicago with some friends. I caught a cold when I was there. Had no voice and could not do this recording. So uh, we're actually recording this a day late right before we release it on Friday. So uh, please forgive us. We will have episode 10 up on Monday. So that's kind of where we're at. Ellen, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, Bo. How are you? Well, my voice is getting better, but it's not great yet. And uh, I'm recovering from the COCE weekend still. And then we are, what, four days past me getting home and still trying to recover. It's a bad time to get a cold. I feel like Lloyd Bridges in airplane, a bad time to quit sniffing glue. Bad so let, let's hear a little bit more about the COCE and what okay. all kind of went down right. over the weekend. Okay. For those who don't know, the COCE is something Ellen knows, <clears throat> pardon me, is a celebration of our friend Chris Ewell. And this is the first time I've been able to go. It's a, someone who... Ellen and I went to high school with, he's an old friend of ours, Ellen went to college with him as well at USC, and a number of his old friends from both college and high school get together, and we attend a USC game. We happened to go to the USC Notre Dame game, and it was my first time doing the group with the group, and I really enjoyed it. I got to meet some great people I didn't know. All of us in some way, shape, or form were friends with Chris, and it, it's just, it's great to see you have an old friend like Chris was and someone who means so much to his old friends that to see this cross section of people, you know, I mean, here I'm kind of the redneck from Louisiana, you know, and, and then he had these like friends from New York and friends from SoCal and people from Kansas. And it's like, man, it just, and we all had this same love for the same person. And we had a blast. It was a blast. I got to go in Thursday night. I spent four days in Chicago with nice. Chris's brother, Henri, who I know you know well, Ellen, mm-hmm. uh, with him and a bunch of other friends. And uh, I went a little too hard in the paint the first night. <laughs> I remember that I'm not as young as I once was. Uh, but then I just got a cold. It was like, you know, temperature changing, seasons change. Sure. It all hit me at once. So. Uh, that made it a little harder to bear. The uh, lack of effort in the USC Trojans football team <laughs> made it pretty hard to bear as well. That's the most undisciplined football team I've ever seen. Their AD had better be on the freaking phone with James Franklin immediately. I don't. I know that he lost. I know he lost on Saturday night too, but it don't matter. That's the most undisciplined football team I've ever seen at the Division One level. Well, I mean, when when you get the response from our the Steelers coach about his interest in the team, it was just kind of funny, and it makes you wonder if USC's football program is a little bit more hindered than yeah. people may have thought. Well, I think it's a one man show now. James Franklin went got him a new. Uh, he went and hired uh, Jimmy Sexton to be his new agent which means he's either getting the USC job, getting the LSU job, or getting a really, really big raise at Penn State. Hey, if you can, if you can leverage it, do it. That's what they're going to, that's what coaches are going to start doing. And, but Get James Franklin is exactly who USC needs. The guy who's a disciplinarian, the guy to take any bullshit from anybody. USC used five of their six timeouts to get defensive players on and off the field. That's ridiculous. I've never seen that in my whole life. That's something, I mean, there's high school teams that can't do that. I mean, my son's flag football team can manage better than that. Yeah. And they're in sixth grade. And I get it that it's an interim coach and staff and, you know, the staff's still there and got an interim head guy. But these coaches, I mean, they, they know what they're doing. They know they're getting players. They know when players are going in, when they're substituting, when they're not. 
that's not a head coach situation. That's a staff. And that was just ridiculous. So, yeah, Notre Dame still isn't a very good team, but uh, they beat a bad USC team, or at least a, a poorly coached USC team with a bad quarterback. So uh, that was COCE. We're going to have some more. The next couple of weeks, we're going to have some of the guys. We're going to do some interviews. Uh, those You'll find those in the Monday pods. We're going to have some fun with that over the next couple of weeks. And I'm working on a big one where we're trying to get a couple, three or four of us to go on live. It'll be great. That's great. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was I was trying to convince Childers to uh, push for something at CU just for the fun of it. So it'd be a little bit easier for me to get in the game. So we'll see. We are, we already have a pretty good idea for next year. That's what he told me. Okay. And we think we know they came up with the idea and I was like, I'd definitely be in for that. So yeah, it'd be a plenty of warning. Everybody can make some trips and bring family. So it'd be kind of nice. Absolutely. Hey, Ellen, I want to talk about something here. What you got Washington football team. Oh man. So, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> For those that don't know, the Washington football team is going through a uh, an investigation about you know, basically just being a bunch of shitty people. Uh, there's the whole staff, a lot of sexual innuendo, um, harassment. It's, not even, it's sexual harassment. It's sexual harassment. It's everything. I mean, it's it's just the whole thing. The team's already been fined twenty million or ten million. I. It doesn't matter. It's it doesn't matter. You're right. It doesn't. <laughs> And they've had to give control from Daniel Schneider to his wife. Um, but the NFL announced, Commissioner Goodell announced this week, he is not releasing a report into the investigations and the findings behind the culture of the Washington football team. And I find this to be just flat out unforgivable. Well, okay, so conspiracy theory is Goodell in that email chain? I, you know, I hadn't thought of it that way. I do think he's trying to protect somebody. Oh, absolutely. He's trying to protect some people. And, and whether it's Dan Snyder or himself, yeah, it's bullshit. So I was listening earlier today to Andrew Brandt, the, the podcast, Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Mm-hmm. And he had two of the young ladies interviewed who worked in the front office for the Washington football team. And they were part of the people who gave information on this. Mm-hmm. Commissioner Goodell has said the reason they're not releasing this information is they want to protect those people who anonymously came forward. These two young ladies gave their names, where they came from, told background, in-depth stories and said, we've talked to numerous people, including all these people. And we've expressed that, we really want this to get out there. Yes. So much so that one of the young ladies, I don't have her name, didn't write it down. I would suggest you go listen to the Andrew Brandt podcast. If you don't listen to it already, you're, you're silly. It's great. Um, she said that when she speculated that she believed Daniel Snyder is the person who leaked the emails. It wouldn't surprise me from the sense of... Uh, Kind of throwing throwing Bruce Allen under the bus. Right, right. Yeah. And then, but it, it it leads me to believe that there has to be some leverage somewhere. Yeah. That Goodell is trying to utilize because in a situation like this, much like the Clippers situation a few years ago in the NBA. Yeah. You can't sit on this for too long without making everyone who is even tangential to it look bad. Yeah, I agree. And it's just not, and you're my legal expert, uh, <laughs> the official legal expert of the of, uh, Coach Bobo's podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, this is just, this is bad PR. It's bad PR. It's, it's, that, I mean, public relations, I mean, it, it, the NFL never missteps like this. No, they do. But they're just slow to get it right. Well, okay, that's better put. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. But this is horrible. It's it's horrendous. And given the amount of women who have come forward publicly in the initial reporting on this, um, to use a bullshit excuse of saying, oh, we're protecting the innocent. The innocent is some white male who is scared. I agree. 
I agree. I think this is they're trying to cover up there. It reminds me of we've all seen Blazing Saddles. Yes. Governor is sitting there and he goes, we got to protect our phony baloney jobs. That's what Goodell is doing. He's trying to protect these owners. Yeah. Because it's a cash cow to these guys. These guys are billionaires. It's a cash cow. And don't none of them want this information out because they don't want to be forced to sell their cash cow. Right. And they don't want to lose face in front of huge sponsors like FedEx or whomever who have somehow bowied these teams for years and years. Right. I just, I, this, that really bothered me. See that there's not, yeah. they released a 200 page report, 200 plus page report on Deflategate. When they investigated the New Orleans Saints around the, uh, oh, what was the scandal? The, um, the bounty scandal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They suspended a head coach for an entire season. And we saw that report. But what did we not get with this? We don't even get a report. No, no, if it's just worry hand about waving. the anonymous people here. Why can't you redact the names? Yeah, it's hand waving and it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, like we said, like they said it last time the Super Bowl was in New Orleans, there'll be pictures of Goodell saying, do not serve this man. Um, anywhere you go, if you see Roger Goodell, feel free to yell at him, spite, spit, I, I kick him in the nuts. I don't care. <laughs> Let, let's not invoke violence, but. I, you know, uh, he's already on my list. So, so, all right. So now we got through that Washington football team fiasco. Uh, hey, the World Series is going well. What do you think so far? You know, it's been fun. Yeah. You've got uh, early inning, huge run leads going on. You've got a pitcher pitching on a broken leg. You've got the <laughs> Astros being st- stupid. Um, so it's fun. So who are you rooting for? Um, you know, I hate to say it just because I'm a Cubs fan, but I've got to go for the Braves. I can't. I love Dusty Baker. He yeah. was, you know, the Cubs manager, and he has just faced such ridicule in the league. And so for him, if Astros win it, I'm glad for him. But otherwise, I got to go with the Braves. Yeah, I, I think that 95% of America is rooting for the Braves. Um, it, yeah, so, but I keep hearing from people, and you see it all over social media, is the Astros are cheaters. And I just think that's just the most tired narrative there is right now. I mean, I get it. I think because they were as blatant as they were, yeah, that's where things get stuck in people's craw. Okay. It's not just stealing signs. It's yeah. Okay, you had Relaying a joke. them to people. Before we recorded, you had a joke. Tell us the joke. Yeah, so uh, Nicholas was telling me a bunch of, my son, my 11-year-old son was telling me a bunch of dad jokes the other day okay. and um, pulling them from the internet. But he made this one up himself. And he said, what is a nickname for a cheater? What is it? Ho- Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve. Jose. Um, you know, I just think the whole narrative is kind of tired now, I especially in the baseball season of 2021 where they had to where major league baseball had to enact a rule midway through the season because pitchers were scuffing the ball. MLB needs to figure out what lane that they're going to be in. Cause all they're doing is bleeding, you know, viewers yeah. killing the game. Yeah. And, so, but I just, I, I can't, and, and I'm rooting for the Braves as well, but, I'm like you. I have nothing but reverence for Dusty Baker, and I kind of am rooting for Dusty. I think if Dusty Baker wins the World Series this year, he's going to make the Hall of Fame. Oh, he should. I mean, and the man's 72. I really want him to make the Hall of Fame, and this is, this is the one thing that can get him over the top. So I'm rooting for Dusty. I'm a huge Alex Bregman fan. Oh, he's okay. An, he's an LSU guy, so he's one of my favorite two or three players in the league. So uh, I, you know, I have those parts of the Astros I'm rooting for. Um, but so, I mean, I'm not going to be disappointed, but whoever wins, I want good baseball for the first two games. We've had a really good baseball. It's been fantastic. Yeah. I'll be thrilled to see what they do in Atlanta because uh, SunTrust Field or whatever the hell it's called now is yeah, going to be high. Bank it is. Yeah. 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 So it'll be interesting to see. We got five best of five from here on out. And uh, the Braves did what they were supposed to do. The Braves wanted to get one in Houston. They did. And they took the first game and they took it convincingly. And Houston came back last night and put the same thing back on them last night. 
So we'll we'll see what happens, but at I, least it's fun. I do think the Astros are a team on a mission, though. I've said from the beginning, they were my pick at the beginning of the World Series, the beginning of the of the playoffs. I just I got teams on an absolute offensive mission, and they're the one team that can match bats with anybody. And yeah, I mean, yeah, one and of course, nine, their lineup is incredible. And they want to get out from underneath the shadow of the cheating scandal. It'll be interesting to see what happens there because then you also on top of that have Carlos Correa is going to become a free agent. There's a lot of taco speculation. You know, he's not going to be back in Houston, looks like. And then, you know, that team has got a few other people. There's going to be some changes there. The thing I did notice in the playoffs so far is the lack of dominance in starting pitching. Yeah, it's been weird. Um, you know, I think in both games, one and two, of course, game two, you've got a pitcher on – a broken leg. And yeah. so you can't really control that, but um, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, Houston was pulling their pitcher pretty early in that yeah. first game, maybe second inning or something like that. Yeah. So it's, they're starting to burn and churn their um, bullpens in yeah. ways that if it goes beyond six games, it's going to be pretty hard for the teams to manage. Yeah. And that's really been the story of the entire playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, you look at the Dodgers with Scherzer and, and everything they had with Scherzer and Bueller. And I mean, they were pulling those guys early. The Red Sox had Chris Sale, who just pitched horribly, and they had to pull him early in every start. Um, the one start that Chris Sale had that was great, he only went four innings. Well, and Scherzer had to pull himself out of his second start because yeah. of dead arm, and yeah. they just went strictly bullpen. Yeah. And they were putting people in starting in the third inning, which is yeah. wild. It, you know what it is? It's teams saw how successful the Tampa Bay Rays have been with the bullpen games all mm-hmm. season and for the last two or three seasons, and they realized this is the way to go. Well, for those – you know, mid-relief pitchers, mm-hmm. get your fucking money. Yeah. Get them all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. hey, the NBA just kicked off. Now, I, not a, I don't usually watch the NBA till after Christmas. Fair. But, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about this. So um, a couple of the big things, obviously, we have the Kyrie Irving situation. Yep. Which, if you know, if you're a listener to this pod, you'll know him. Coach Bo's rants a couple weeks ago, I went in hard on Kyrie uh, and glad the Nets did not let him be a part-time player. So uh, that was my argument. It wasn't that he was wrong for the not vaccinating thing. It was you're either in or out. You can't right. be half time. You can't be half pregnant. Yep. Um, the Ben Simmons thing. You got a take on Ben Simmons? Um, <laughs> my Twitter take was that he is the stereotype of every millennial trope that you could find. Ooh, I like it. And granted, he's cusp for the millennials, but the idea that millennials need trophies and they need constant reassurance and they need to be buoyed up and the star person all the time, that is the energy that I'm getting from Ben Simmons. And seeing Joel Embiid basically uh, slough him off and saying, "I, I don't care what he's doing says a lot. Yeah, it does. I I followed Ben Simmons in college the one year he was at LSU. And I kind of knew something was up. I didn't think about it at the time. But the first year he was in the NBA, I went, yep, oh, yep, he's a head case. And it's simply that he was the best player in college basketball that year. And his yeah. team did not make the NCAA tournament because he can't shoot. No. He refuses to shoot the basketball. And, and he was the most dominant player on the court on any court at that time. And I was going, how is he, how are they not in the tournament? At least he's not that bad, but he's not that dominant. I, I think that you are on the spot on about it's this, he wants to do it his way. He's only going to do what he wants. It is basically like a, a petulant child. Yes, Absolutely. It's a pet of saying, hey, I, I mean, we ain't going to do this my way. I'm just not going to do it at all. And, you know, he'll get his money because so much was guaranteed or whatever else. But teams are going to be really hesitant to bring him on unless he can actually show that he can be a team player because yeah. it is a team game. What team will want to take him? Like, 
I, I honestly don't know. It's going to be a flyer situation where either they're going to use him as a defensive stopper, but he can't be the offensive primary person because he's shown he's just not willing to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he'd be a great six man off the bench. And I just don't know where he's going to go, that he's going to, he's going to want everything run through him. Frankly, he's just not worth it. If he can't shoot basketball. No, no, I I don't know. I, the Sixers are in a bad spot because they're not going to get anything for him. Right. Daryl Morey is going to try everything to try to get what he can. He's going to, he's going to sit on Ben Simmons all season until someone gets really badly hurt. Yes. Where they get right before the a playoff situation and he's able to move. But he's wanting, you know, three ones and a, and a player. He's not getting that. Yeah. No, I think that's a fair assessment that it'll come down to an injury trade deadline or playoff deadline kind of scenario where he gets put in. Ben Simmons is a great AAU player. He's, yeah. he he's just doesn't. AAU culture. Yeah. He doesn't, he hasn't yet shown that he can translate to the NBA. Yeah. I agree. I just um, so. What do you like here? If you look at the uh, East, the West, who you like? Who you picking your predictions for the season there? You know, the Bulls, my ride or die team. Growing up with my parents being from Chicago and coming up through the Jordan years, they're on fire right now. They're undefeated. Four and Um, You know whether or not they can maintain that, it'll be fascinating. But I would love it for the city of Chicago to have something fun like that again. Uh, Living in Denver, of course, we watch a lot of Nuggets games. The other night, Jokic went down with a knee contusion. That was pretty scary. With Jamal Murray being out with his ACL, they could do some serious damage if they can get some steady contributions from other players and not solely rely on Jokic because they ended up losing the other night by, I don't know, 10 or 15, something like that after he went out. So having that offense run completely through Jokic is going to be a problem. Um, It's been fun watching Steph. I think the Lakers are going to, their age is going to show up real quick, probably midway through um, the season, you know, maybe not long after the Christmas games and that kind of stuff. You'll see LeBron sitting or Westbrook or whomever. It's just, I don't think it's manageable. I, I I think that the, the Lakers remind me of the 86, 87 Celtics, Mm. except that LeBron's not a, LeBron's older than Larry Bird was in those teams. Yeah. Uh, in that they, in those teams you don't know, 86, they went and got Pete Maravich and they went and got Bill Walton and put those mm-hmm. guys as Hall of Famers on the bench to be to be role player guys. And they loaded up. And they, and they did win a title that year, but they had, you know, they had five Hall of Famers in the team, six Hall of Famers in the team. Um, but LeBron's old now. I mean, LeBron's, yeah. how old is LeBron now? 30, uh, 37, 38. 37, yeah. I mean, he's, He's in his 20th season. I mean, yeah. I, I, and look, I'm a LeBron stand. I mean, I'm the one who says he's the – I'm willing to have the argument that he's in there with MJ. I just – I am. I'm willing to die on that hill. But um, I, adding Russ was a good idea. Anthony Davis, uh, he's just a step ahead of Ben Simmons in my eyes as far as that whole millennial, <laughs> got to do it my way kind of thing. Super talented. I don't think Anthony Davis should have been on that 75 best players in 75 years NBA list. Um, I don't think he's been there long enough, but. Uh, Interesting. I don't know. I, the, the common refrain yeah. with in the KU basketball uh, community has always been LeBron cannot win a championship without a KU player on his team. Yeah. So <laughs> he's always had one. You never know. You never know what'll happen. Uh, it, it's gonna be hard to be to pick the Lakers. Um, are the Warriors a team that could go get Ben Simmons? I don't. Oh, so they already have Andrew Wiggins. Um, I don't know where Simmons would fall in that rotation and how they would help. Um, it's good to see Wiggins actually shooting well and playing good defense and getting into a good kind of double-double scenario, I, I, I just don't think 
that Simmons would fit in that. And I don't think Steph Curry would put up with bullshit either. Well, I think Steph would be happy if someone passes him the ball. He's not taking, he's not taking shots away from anybody. Yeah, ben Simmons, no, but Steph is also a team first player. So oh, yeah, I see that point. Okay. Um, so did you make a pick? Did you make a pick? Who do you like in the East? Who do you like in the West? I gotta have that. I don't know. Give me another week. Okay. And then, uh, That's and then we'll do that next week. And then we'll circle back around. Okay. We'll do that next week. Yeah. Uh, do you think the Nets are going to be okay without Kyrie? Yes, because you don't have the distraction of, if, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Is he yeah. going to pretend the earth is flat? Is he going to get vaccinated? What if he comes out on Christmas Day vaccinated and the earth is round? They're going to be, are they just going to dominate everybody at that point? No, because Kyrie has been out for two and a half months. Yeah. He, he won't be up to game speed. And so they'll still be that kind of slog of trying to get up to that fitness level. But I mean, if that happens, that would be fascinating. And they just might. All right. All right. Well, there's a little take on the NBA from us. Ellen's my, you're my NBA girl. We're going to have you with the NBA all the <laughs> You know more about it than I do. I mean, I, I know enough to be dangerous. And Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. Michael Porter Jr. Is this an emerging star? He needs to be more disciplined. Okay. Um, he has excellent, excellent shooting skill. His defense tends to be a little bit shallow and okay. inconsistent. And if he can get more well-rounded on all the phases yes he can step up I mean he seems to be in a good place he is I mean he got a huge contract he's got a lot of physical ability my concern would be is that he is injury prone which he was in college and, you know, he got drafted and still sat on the bench for a year with his back injuries. Is he going to end up this is the guy that was the, for his class considered the number one player. Yeah. And he played for two minutes in his first NCAA game and got injured and was done for the rest of the season. So can he maintain his health or does he somehow end up like a Greg Odom? Okay. Or Bill Walton or something like that where it's a well, perpetual injury. Yeah, and he's not, I think in his case, he's not, he's also not a big. So I think no, he's not. Be, uh, when you compare him to those two players, I'm thinking about Sure, that. sure. I'm just curious. I, I've seen a lot. He got the big contract. I think he's in a good position. I also want to see if I get the KU girl and say something nice about a Missouri guy. I don't like it. I will be more interested to see how he plays with Murray at 100% and him fully integrated as a starter. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Uh, we want to do power rankings now or before or after my NFL takes? Um, well, I think probably your NFL takes will lead into the power rankings. Let's do power rankings now. Then. Okay. All right. Tell me where we're going to go. We're going to go college first, college football. Um, we're going to go one to five or five to one? Uh, five to one. Five to one. Okay. I was going to go the other way. That's fine. All right. Number five. I've taken the, okay, so last week I had Oklahoma State at five, Oklahoma at four, and I rallied. I mean, just number four, Oklahoma was a total and complete fraud. I am still going to drive that train as a fraud of a team. They're not in my top five. Oklahoma State lost. They're out of my top five. Number five, I'm going Ole Miss. Okay. I took, yeah, I only ranked nine. But Lane Kiffin. I'm taking Lane Kiffin's guys here. I, I like what I've seen. They, they score points. They're, they're one losses to Alabama. You know, yeah. Lane Kiffin just got too cute that game, I think. So, number five, we got Old Miss. Four, three, two, and one are basically easies here, I think. Uh, number four is Ohio State. Ohio State's played themselves back into the playoff. And it's all going to work out. Michigan's going to beat Michigan State, but then Michigan's going to lose to Ohio State. And Ohio State's going to have one loss and win the Big Twelve, win the Big Ten, okay, and play themselves back into the uh, into the playoff. Number three is Bama, the best of the one-loss teams. Okay, 
Uh, so my one, two, and three didn't change. Bama's two, Bama's three, Cincy's two. And I'm not, I'm not dropping Cincy until they lose. I'm just not done. They didn't play great, but they won the game. But how will the BCS screw Cincy? The only way Cincy gets screwed to me is if Bama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Okay. I think it all comes down to that game. And that, and if OU were to drop a game to Oklahoma State, but then beat Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. I, I honestly, watching that OU-KU game, OU should be dinged yeah. for how they played. They, they, they were losing in half to Kansas. They were the losing five. into the fourth quarter by yeah. double digits. Yeah, to one, of the, to one of the worst five teams in college football. I mean, yes. ridiculous. They should have lost to Tulane this year. I mean, it, 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 Oklahoma's a fraud. They are. Number one's Georgia. Georgia can beat three or four NFL teams, and uh, they're going to be number one. They're not going to lose to Bama in the SEC championship game now. I'm convinced of that, and I'm convinced they're going to win the national title. Interesting. They were okay. my, and, and they were my preseason pick. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I, uh, but I do think it's going to end up being a Bama-Georgia national championship game. I think even I think even two lost Bama gets in. I just hate these SEC versus SEC national title games. If you're if you don't want an SEC SEC championship game, you need Bama to lose to Georgia in the SEC title game. Uh, hey, any loss for Bama is a good loss for me. I agree with that sentiment. <laughs> All right, the NFL. Here we go. One to five, five to one. Uh, we'll do one to five, given that we've got uh, Green Bay. Okay. Yeah, we were, as we're recording this. The Packers are playing the Cardinals, and they're in the first half. Um, by terms of just being undefeated, I have the Cardinals won. I don't know if they are the best team, but uh, they have beaten my number two team already. And I just it's hard to say, hey, you lost that game, but you're not number one. So. Uh, the Cardinals is number one. And I don't think be, it's the last much longer. No. And to be noted, we are in the second half and the Packers are up 17 7. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm not going to try to change this midstream. So, uh, number two, I have the Rams. You've been high on them all season. I have. And I just they got the best defense. And uh, Stafford's coming on. I like what they're doing. I just, they're, they're hard to beat. Number three, I have the Bucks. I'm heavy on the NFC here, unfortunately. Man, he the old man can play, and he's still yeah. playing well. They're running the football. Running the foot. The next two teams I'm going to talk about, they're doing what nobody else does, and that's they're running the fucking football. And if people think you have to be able to throw the ball and have quarterbacks throw for 350 or 400 yards to be winning. No. They, they, you don't. You, you can be a – you can run the ball if you if you run the ball as often as you throw it. You can still win football games. Right, Tampa's showing that balance attack. Yeah, Tampa's showing that, and so is number four. God, it hurts me to say this: the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I'm a believer. Uh, they've made a believer of me. I, you know, I said they were in that next pack last week, mm-hmm. and I've got them rising up to four and. I can't wait till Thanksgiving Day they play my Saints. Hopefully the Saints knock them off that plateau. But um, and Dak's playing well, and they run the football. So, okay, here's run an interesting – If they run the football, they win the game. So, with Mark Ingram being traded back to the Saints, yes. how does that affect your preview a month out of that game? Um I, if the Cowboys run the run the ball well, they're going to win. Mm-hmm. The game. Okay. The Dallas Cowboys, if they run the football effectively, win any game they play right now. It's going to take a team like the Rams or a team like the Bucks to beat them. If the Cowboys run the football, okay, they just they're that good at it. I mean, they have a really great offensive line. It, I, I just I really like what I see there. Again, those those reasons they're three and four right now. They both run the football. Five, I got Buffalo. I know they lost the game. It was close. 
you don't get that one yard at the end, but I like the coach went for it, said, hey, Josh Allen, get me a yard. Sure. He didn't get it. I'm not going to hold that against them. I, I like what I see there, and, and I think they're the best team in the AFC right now. So and then I, I can got, see that. I'll be interested to see what winter brings yeah. and weather. Yeah. I got three teams in that next level. These are teams that could be in there. The Packers, the Titans. Titans just whooped the Chiefs. I mean, just whooped them. And Derrick Henry, like, again. And, and they, again, and what is it that what is it that the Cowboys and the Bucks are doing well? The Titans yep. do it well, too. Run the football. Yep. And then this is – it's not a shock to me, but it's a shock to everybody else, the Cincinnati Bengals. You're just doing it because you love Joe Burrow. I do love Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow in a, in a really loving way. But <laughs> they are really good, and their defense has played phenomenal. Their defense is not – it would be different if they were winning games 34-30. Sure. But they just, they just, they just took it to the Ravens last week. I mean, just yeah. absolutely took it to them. Two weeks ago, we were talking about the Ravens as one of the favorites in the AFC. Lamar Jackson is an MVP candidate. Yep. And now we're talking about they just got whacked at home. By the Bengals, well, who yeah. are the number one seed right now in the AFC. Well, when you've got Burrow throwing for over 400 yards in a game, it's it's yeah. kind of hard to, to tamp that down. Yeah. And, 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 you know, on draft day, it was a tough pick for them. They could take Penny Sewell, tackle, or Jamar Chase. They went for Chase. Boy, that's looked good so far. He's been the best receiver in the league so far, stats-wise. He's most yards, most touchdowns. And I do want to send a, uh, a blessing out to my boy Henri for his fantasy football loss to me and my 29-point <laughs> play of Burrow to Chase and that long touchdown completely ruined his day at the bar. Chicago but um yeah coming off that I want to talk about two football NFL points then we're going to move on but uh okay seven games in we're not quite the halfway but let's call it halfway Joe Burrow the MVP of the NFL you look at it on paper I don't think it's hard to um agree with that we'll see what the back half of the season does and he'll figure some things out he yeah. will definitely figure some things out defensively. It'll get cold, you know, and, and I could certainly hear the argument for Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, but Joe Burrow is for real. He is. And I think Arizona, frankly, is going to end up, whether it's this game or another game, they're going to end up getting exposed and they're going to run into problems that every NFL team does every season. They're, yeah. There's enough tape to figure out how to play them. Yeah, and I just think that if you're looking at it, they're in a tough division, the Cardinals are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the Rams long-term in that division because they're getting the defense. But Sure. I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the cream rises here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, there are a couple of teams that really have some things coming up, and I think we're going to see in the AFC the emergence of three teams. I think that's the Bengals. I think it's the Titans and the Bills. And in the NFC, I think the Cardinals will come back. It's just you're not going to go 17-0, 16-0. It's not likely that the Cardinals even go 15-2 from here, you know, even though they're 7-0 right now. Um, so, I mean, it just the numbers kick in at a certain point. So I, I that doesn't mean they can't go 15-2, 14-3 and not be a really good team in the number one seed. I'm not trying to say that at all but I think these couple teams in there are going to be there at the end I do think the Rams the Bucks are better Mm -hmm. as far as where I see them at week 17 that has just as much to do with being veteran leadership and and, you know you don't have a pretty boy pretty boy head coach Um, and then in the NFC AFC yeah oh you're 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 blushing over here and then in the AFC again the Titans are kind of weatherproof Running the football is the equalizer in the weather. That is true. But if you yeah. have snow and or rain and you start having a slippery ball and a slippery field, yeah. it can be that's a different no different than trying to throw the football around. I, I think it's that's why I'm saying it's yeah. not, you know, it's not impervious to yeah. weather. Yeah. 
So I do like the Titans, and I like Buffalo is going to be used to playing at home in the weather. So I like those two. The other thing I want to talk about, because we are kind of local here in Kansas City, is the Chiefs. It's tough, man. They're three and four. They just lost. They, and, and when they lost, they got their asses kicked. That Tennessee game was unpleasant. I, I'm going to go in on this now. Now, so a week ago, I said, look, this they're three and three. You've got a five-game stretch. You have to be positive. You've got you to go four and one, three and two. Um, the Titans game was a big one. Mm-hmm. They've got uh, an easy one this week. They are playing, I don't remember now. I should just click on it, but I'm not going to. That's bad, right? It's bad podcasting. But um, they alternate games here where their schedule is, um, let me see, they have the Giants this week. Yeah. So the Giants. And then the Monday Night Football. The Monday Night Football. <laughs> and then after the Giants, they have the Packers. They go to Las Vegas to play the Raiders, which really aren't a joke. And they come home, or they go, they go, they have it at home versus Dallas. Now, let's give them the W against the Giants. Okay. Okay. Packers, Raiders, Cowboys. They can't win all three of those. No. If they win one of them, I would actually be kind of surprised. I think they can beat the Raiders. I don't think they can beat the Packers and the Cowboys. And I think having lost to the Titans and then you try to win. You have, having to beat the Packers and the Cowboys is really tough. They had that five-game stretch of Titans, Giants, Packers, Raiders, Cowboys, where you had to win three or four. You really mm-hmm. had to win four. And they started out with a little loss. And here's what my thought was when I was thinking about the game. I'm in a bar in Chicago with a bunch of Chiefs fans, mm-hmm. and they were miserable the entire time. And I thought of thinking about it with my coaching cattle. And I thought about it this way. In any sport, when you're not doing well, you go back to what you do well. What did the Chiefs do well? Rely on Mahomes. (laughs) That's the problem. So here's where I'm going with this. The biggest problem the Kansas City Chiefs have is they're so reliant on one player drawing up some schoolyard bullshit. And Andy Reid making some schoolyard bullshit play a couple, three times a game to get somebody open for him to throw Mm -hmm. this deep bomb. When you don't have something to go back to, whether it's running the football, the short passing game, you don't have something that you do exceedingly well, then what do you do when there's a trouble? If you're a golfer and all of a sudden you're getting the yips when you putt, well, what do you do? You go back to what you do well. You go back to your swing. If you're, right. hitting, if you're hitting the driver and you are shanking stuff, to the, you're, you're pulling it to the left, it's a right-handed, okay, well, what do I need to go? Go back to the beginning of my swing. A baseball player isn't, isn't, isn't pitching well. Okay, what am I doing mechanically wrong? Sure. The Chiefs offense doesn't do anything particularly well. They just find a matchup four or five times, three or four times a game with a gimmick. And they happen to have an incredibly athletic quarterback who can make plays. But that's not being a good rounded football team. That's why they didn't win the Super Bowl because the four, this past year, mm-hmm. but they didn't win the Super Bowl. It's why they're not going to make the playoffs this year. This is an Andy Reid issue. This is the same thing that happened to him in Philly. It is the exact thing that happened in Philly. In Philly, he had Donovan McNabb, who uh-huh. is nowhere near what Patrick Mahomes is. Don't get me wrong. But he had a solid quarterback in a running game. And what they did was throw the intermediate short pass, a lot of swing passes. Mm-hmm. But then they got away from that. And it was, again, gimmick time. And then when the gimmicks don't work, you got to go back to what you do well. They can't run the football, and they don't have a short passing game. They're inspired by only the big play. You can't do that consistently, and that's why the Chiefs' offense is the major problem here. It's well, the offense is the problem. It's not the defense. And what's interesting, too, is Mahomes, you know, at 
presser today was saying that he needed to get comfortable and not be bored with the short game. And if they can do the dink and dunk, that will open the downfield stuff, open up the running game and get some more options available. They have an outside shot maybe at the playoffs, but right now I would agree. They're kind of out of it for the time being. The only way they get back in is to win these next four games. So the way I look at it now in a 17 game schedule, you've got to win 11 to guarantee a playoff spot. Used to be 10 would get you in. Mm -hmm. But now you really got to get 11. You're three and four. So you've got 10 games left. You've got to win eight out of 10. Now, there is a padding to this schedule. They've got Giants, Packers, Raiders, Cowboys. They, they got the Broncos. Broncos aren't great. They're I bad. I expect the Broncos to regress. I expect the Chiefs to be better there. They'll have a home game with the Raiders. Then they got to go play the Chargers in L.A. The Steelers, again, I kind of like that for the, for the Chiefs. But then they got to go to Cincinnati. Oh, that's going to be tough. In Cincy, week 17, and then you've got your week 18, your 17th game at Denver. Their last two games are road games, and they're going to probably have to win both to make the playoffs. Well, and given that that last game out here in Denver, it's January 9th. Yeah. It's going to be cold as hell, maybe uh-huh. snowing. Uh-huh. It's and, not- and it's the Broncos probably playing for their season in pride. The Bengals, uh, the, week, the Bengals the week before are playing for seeding. And you know Joe Burrow is going to want to go out there and outdo Mahomes. Oh, for either. sure. I mean, the, he's going to want to say, hey, Chase and Burrow are everything Mahomes and Hill are. Yeah. And frankly, they're better right now. Chase is better than, than, than Hill. Fair. He's a better route runner. I mean, Hill is just fast. Hill's a guy you throw the ball deep because he can get past everybody. Because he's down and there. Mahomes has got a better arm than Burrow, but is he he doesn't make decisions like Joe Burrow does. We've seen it already. He doesn't make good decisions. He's just athletically gotten out of it. Hmm. A couple of years ago when Mahomes won the MVP and they went to the Super Bowl and won. Mm-hmm. Before the Super Bowl, I was talking to a common friend of ours, and I said, Enjoy him now and enjoy this now because this thing, you Chiefs fans think they're going to go win three or four Super Bowls. They're going to be there every year. That shit ain't going to happen. One, you just can't in the NFL. It's too hard. Salary cap makes it too hard. And two, who Patrick Mahomes reminds me of is Dan Marino. A guy with a cannon of an arm. Doesn't have any goddamn thing around him right now. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's all about can that player win us the game today? Now, Patrick Mahomes is good enough to win most games. Absolutely. But you got to have Tyreek Hill get open. He's got to get the ball out to him. The offensive line's not playing well. They can't run the football. So defenses don't, aren't even going to respect the run. Can Travis Kelsey, as good as he is at tight end, they don't use him as a tight end. It's a lot of that is just. Kelsey and Mahomes syncing up like at the line of scrimmage, like two kids on the playground. Right. And you just cannot do that successfully over and over and over again. Well, and you're just going to expose your receivers. Yeah. I mean, it's hits and they're going to get beat up over the course of the season. So I am on the, the, I am full on now until I will change my mind if. Packers, Raiders, Cowboys, the Chiefs win all three. They don't win all three of those. They're not making the playoffs because they can't afford to lose more than three games now. Sure. And I just don't see that happening. I don't see them winning eight of 10. So I, I, to me, the Chiefs are done. So sorry, Chiefs fans, your team sucks again. And, and, and I'm telling you, 100 think sucks is a strong term. Well, that's true. It is. They're but struggling. To me, the entire blame goes on Andy Reid. The entire because he's the head coach. If he came in here and said we're going to commit to running the football, or we're going to have a system, 
They don't have a system. They got a six foot five quarterback who's uber athletic and can do any, make any goddamn play he wants. But that's sure. not a system. Yeah. You don't have anything to go back to when the chips are down. If you are, if you're not hitting shots in the basketball game, you go back, you look and see what's wrong with your form. Yeah, no, I. Let me work on this. Go back to what you do well. Chiefs don't do anything well. Just have that one player. And that's the problem they're going to have. So it's hard to do. Yep. There's my takes on that. So, um, hey, one last thing I want to have some fun with Halloween is now up on us. This weekend. What are your thoughts on Halloween? Um, Halloween is fun. I guess if you're in a certain age group, I mean, even my almost 12 year old is just kind of like trick or treating. What is that? Yeah. So I I was referring to Halloween as promiscuous girls holiday. Yes. And And that's not fair all the way around. It's also frat boys who like looking at promiscuous girls holiday. You know, it's the excuse for girls to wear for certain girls to wear whatever they want to wear in public. Hey, God bless you. I enjoy that. Because they know boys want to look at them. That's right. That's right. And, and, and look, I'm not trying to say that I'm holier than thou on this too. I'd look too. Or frankly, they just enjoy dressing that way. And this gives them an excuse to do it. Exactly. That's why I said promiscuous girl holiday. So God bless you all. Um, I just, I find Halloween to be, I people who love Halloween. I know a few of them. I find it to be the most hilarious thing. I find all holidays to be fun in some way, shape, or form in their own way. Okay. Like, um, I love how, like, in, in my family and in my, in my you know, in-laws family, the holidays are wonderful, except for the infighting, the, you know, elaborate things that are going to happen and someone's going to piss somebody off, usually me pissing somebody off, <laughs> um, that kind of thing. So, I mean, I am to blame a lot of times on that. But Halloween's a special kind of thing. And I find that people like, if you're a kid, if you're a child, that's fun. You know, you're a parent, take your kid to go trick-or-treating, kind of a cool deal. Only if you have a drink with you while you're trick-or-treating. Well, I, yeah, I'd agree. I'm so glad I'm past that part of my life. But now I see my son is 19. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering what he's thinking about. Halloween. Oh, but now you start getting into some of the renaissance of to your frat boy point or whatever mm-hmm. else. I, I mean, I dressed up in law school yeah, because there was a big group of us and we were yeah. doing a party or whatever else. And it was fun again. And I just, I've never been one that was big for costumes or doing family costumes or anything like that. And so even with Nicholas being a kid, the most I might put on is a hat or something like that. But But you can't, you can't dress that way with your child around. Yeah. You can, some people choose to, and that's cool. And some people just use it as a a time to express that creative side of them that they may be super skilled at doing makeup or hair or, you know, some of the stuff that you see on movie sets that I'm like, wow, how, how does that come together? And that's excellent. Um, I'm just kind of just like, eh, I want to see your decorations. I'm sad that two of the pumpkins, uh, the four that we bought have already been decimated by squirrels that we carved and put outside. But yay for the squirrels getting fat for winter. So at what point, what age is someone too old to dress up for Halloween? No one is ever too old. (laughs) Excuse me. If that's your thing and you're going to do something totally basic or you go totally overboard because you've got that skill set, do it. What if someone doesn't have a skill set? Are they having fun? Oh, so you're all about just have fun with this thing. Go ahead and not worry about any social consequences here. I mean, I'm all about ridiculing people on. I, 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 think, you're, I think you're making certain assumptions that people are gonna be letting shit hang out when it's. I live in Kansas. It happens all the time. I know. So maybe they just like to have the opportunity to put on a different face for a night. I get it. I get it. Okay. 
All right. I'm proud of you there. You, you, you took me off my path here of making fun of people for dressing up. I mean, yeah. it's not that I'm not going to judge people and say sideways comments because that's who I am, but yeah, me too. Hey, I hope we get along so great. Um, you know, they're dressing up and I'm in sweat. So yeah. good for them. What about folks who have parties all weekend? You're going to have, you know, Halloween's on a Sunday this year. <clears throat> so we're going to have folks out partying Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. When is too much? You know, if your liver can take it, good for you. Uh, as as you testified at the beginning of the podcast, as you get older, most of us just can't take that. Yeah. I would think that for those that have kids, there's one night where it's the parents' night, there's another night where it's the kids' night, yeah. and you just kind of work through it. But if if you've got three different outfits or even the same outfit for three nights okay. and can manage that functionally, I have questions, Okay. but uh, get home safe. Don't hurt anybody, including yourself. Uber, Uber, Uber home. Yeah. Um, e, what was your favorite outfit and your favorite Halloween memory? Oh man, <clears throat> probably the most random one was when I was living up in a small town up in, in Wisconsin when I was a kid. And uh, I was a tree for Halloween. And somehow my dad decided it would be really good to burn the end of a cork and put blackface on me. Ooh, yeah. And then stick leaves all over me. And on the trash, the like grocery bag, the brown bags, and so that just goes goes to show you that I'm a child of the 80s. Okay. okay. Um, beyond that, you know, I can't. The law, the one big law school party we did, our, our third year of law school was a lot of fun because there was just a lot of good cultural references at the time. Okay. How about you? So I don't actually recall this because I was it was very young. I was five or six, I guess. Mm -hmm. But the story goes that young Bo was uh, decided that one year he wanted to be the Incredible Hulk. Mm. So they gave me some cutoff jeans and I smeared green food dye all over my entire body. Oh, wow. Including my face and my torso and my arms and my legs. And I was the Incredible Hulk. How long did it take you to get that off of your skin. I don't know, but I would imagine a couple of days at least. Right? Wow. That's not something that wears off quickly from what I understand. Nice. Yes, that was, it was a combination of poor parenting and uh, sneaky child, I guess. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm subject to both of those, so I can't really judge. Yeah, so that's my favorite, uh, as far as outfit is my favorite. Um, I don't know that I have a really good Halloween-like um, uh, memory. I think my, my best memory as a parent is mm -hmm. actually uh, when my kid was probably about Nicholas's age, maybe a little bit younger, nine or 10. Um, all the neighborhood kids all got together and ran through the neighborhood. And we went over to a friend's house in the neighborhood and he was the one that always had to dress up and do the scary thing and scare the kids. He had the big stuff in his front yard. And afterwards, he had, he had three boys or two, two boys and a girl. And then my son, a couple others, and they were all sitting at this big round table. And they pour their bags of candy out. And they're swapping candy. You know, some kids like this, some kids like this, they're trading. And this particular dad and I were telling our kids, hey, trade for this, trade for this. And one dad wanted <laughs> Snickers bars. I wanted Reese's peanut butter cups. So I'm telling Peyton, hey, trade for those Reese's peanut butter cups. And over the next couple of years, every time Peyton went and went, Trick or treating, mm -hmm. he'd have his candy. We would limit how much he could have per day because you don't want your kid getting sick. Sure. In mind, he could eat like a horse. So, but all of a sudden, he noticed the Reese's peanut butter cups go pretty quick. <laughs> dad seems to, dad steals those. He didn't really figure that out till he got a little bit older, but then he, so he started hiding those because he likes them too. Oh, but, wow. Yeah, I was the Reese's peanut butter cup, Reese's peanut butter cup thief. 
if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups like a spot for the podcast, that'd be great. We'll be glad to have a Coach Bono's uh, Reese's, pot, Reese's Cup. You could have Will Arnett do the voiceover for you. That'd be all right. So we need some sponsors here. You know, I can't be O'Connor advisory group all the time. So We're working true. on a couple of things. Working on a couple of things. We'll see. Good. But, uh, oh, man. So thank you for coming on today. I'm going to get out of here because, well, um, this has been a long one and uh, not as long as we have in the past. But uh, um, I'm still trying to recover. And I appreciate everybody who's been listening. Um, Ellen, thanks for coming on, having a great time. I always enjoy it. We're going to have you on here regularly as much as possible on, uh, on the point five pods and uh, it'd be a lot of fun. So folks, Sounds thank great. You. thanks for putting up with my voice this week. Uh, we'll come back here in a moment with the show close, a little preview for next Monday and uh, we'll move from there. Hey, I uh, want to wrap it up here real quick. Just kind of get us in, get us out. Uh, Thanks to Ellen for uh, joining us, being my co-host today. Ellen's going to be kind of our um, most of the time uh, co-host here on the Point Five, just to have some fun with it. We're going to have a few guests and do some fun stuff there. Uh, we like bantering with one another, and it's just fun to have both of us on. Uh, I want to thank Tyler Jones, everybody in Studio Soapbox, for all you do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. We appreciate every five-star review. Folks, I can't ask you hard enough. They're going into the holidays here. If you got five minutes, even less than that, two minutes, and can do us a review for us, I'm sure grateful myself, as well as everybody here at Studio Soapbox. Also, check out the other Studio Soapbox uh, podcasts. Um, the Jones Report with Tyler Jones. Uh, I'm on there every week. I, I took a little break this week, but I'll be on there every week doing the uh, football fix. Um, check them out check those out and uh, anywhere you get your podcast search out for studio soapbox and you'll see all of our great podcasts don't forget to rate us and review us uh, thank you uh, we'll join us next week on Monday in episode 10 and uh, we'll have a little preview for that coming up and uh, thanks again have a great week uh, until next time I'm Coach Ball Brian O'Connor have a great week and let's all get better together